following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Gentlemen, welcome back. The home stretch is here. We have moved south. No, not literally, but figuratively today and this week. More importantly, myself, Kyle Ranney, your co-host of Fantasy Beast Morning Find Them, and my co-host, Mr. Gary Halt, are finally in the AFC and NFC South. This week we start with the AFC, but Gary, how you doing? I'm doing good. As you mentioned, I wish we were in the south. It'd be nice to move down there, a little warmer weather. But we are here at the end-ish of our uh, fantasy positional breakdowns for each uh, division. We're getting there. Yeah, now the real fun starts. A lot of things that we've discussed and uh, kind of entertained have come true here. We uh, we talked a little, I think, last week, uh, one of the signings that happened towards the back half of the week. The, the Vikings did sign D.D. Westbrook. Um and we talked about liking that option with the fact that there's not really a clear-cut number three in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And one of the news articles we have today we'll get to kind of help allude to him being even more uh, nece- necessary now. But we'll start it off. We'll get into this. This, uh, this news might take a bit today. Uh, Carson Wentz. Unfortunately, somebody Gary and I both are still very high on, regardless of the injuries. Um, Carson Wentz to miss four to 12 weeks with a loose bone in his foot requiring surgery. I think that might be similar to what Sammy Watkins had. No, Sammy Watkins um, had plantar fasciitis, I think, which is what Jerry's bird had. See, that's um, fast. <laughs> yeah, plantar fasciitis, or it was, in layman terms, ter- layman's terms, plantar fascia. Uh, no thank you. But Carson Wentz has a loose bone in his foot, has to undergo surgery. We can actually cross two birds off of one stone here because the news on Carson Wentz comes out Friday with them not sure how long that would take to recover. Time frame comes out Saturday, Sunday. And then today, as of recording this, All-Pro guard Quentin Nelson has the same exact injury with the same exact timeline now as Carson Wentz. Yikes. So not only your number one quarterback... But your number one starting offensive lineman, both to miss anywhere from 4 to 12 weeks. And let's be fair, 4 to 12 weeks. Because right. they have not ruled him out to start the season yet. Obviously, we're going to have to see how that... Uh, it depends on each person. Yes. Um, but it does have some things that I've got to feel now. Um, and we'll get to that as we go. The New Orleans Saints re-sign former Saints wide receiver Tommy Lee Lewis. Not the uh, most earth-shattering news, but... We'll see some time with that of the fact of it being Michael Thomas will miss time. Uh, Raiders running back, I mean fourth, fifth stringer, but Raiders running back Theo Riddick has retired this week. Uh, something's going on. and I, I mean, this is the only one we have written down by name, but the Raiders have had four players retire, two coaches, mm-hmm. and two front office staff retire in the last month. Something's not going okay in Las Vegas. It's good for me because that moves... Uh... 
Trey Regis up on the depth chart. It does, but it's just it's not a good thing to know that you've got that many people ready to jump off the bandwagon. Right. There. I mean, it just could be it could be one of those things where it's like just bad. A timing. coincidence. <laughs> coincidence. Everybody's old. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, offensive tackle. I believe Sam Young, another defensive player. Theo Riddick, couple coaches. Uh, what everybody thought was last year's starting Patriots quarterback, Jarrett Stidham, uh, expected to miss about 12 weeks. He will undergo back surgery. Not that it's exactly groundbreaking news, unless you're somebody who thought, like, Cam Newton's going to get cut or something, which, I mean, I don't necessarily think that. But Jarrett Stidham will be looking at missing about 12 weeks of action. The 49ers have re-signed, and I say re-signed, although he's playing a new position now, have re-signed tight end Jordan Matthew, who is, as I said, a tight end, no longer a wide receiver there. The Baltimore Ravens adding to their veteran presence on the edge rusher position, signing off or signing out, signing outside linebacker Justin Houston. Um, the Ravens, I don't know, Gary, you and I beat up on the Ravens quite often, but the Ravens here with a very intelligent move. They've they've spent two young draft picks the last two years in Justin Matabuke. And Ode or Odafa Owe, who both are raw talent but no have the ability to do it. And now you're giving them Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, two of the more decorated pass rushers of the last ten years. Real talent there. What other people to pick brains with, right? Yeah, that's definitely very interesting. Uh, the Colts are signing quarterback Brett Hundley, former uh, Packers draft pick. I don't know if they're gonna. You want to put too much stock in that? It's it's not, but it's I guess if if you're in a league that's maybe a super flex, that's why I kind of put Brad Hundley on here. Yeah, or like a um, dynasty. Yeah, like that. and and it's that's more being prepared. Like our dynasty league, honestly, I'm excited. I know you're not happy about Carson Wentz going down. No, but if Wentz misses time and Jacob Eason looks like the player that everyone had kind of hoped he would be last right. year. I own Jacob Eason still. Right, you benefit from that. I um, benefit immediately, but that's one of those things is if Jacob Eason's not good, mm-hmm. Brent Hundley might be taking starting snaps for week one and week two. And, like, um, you obviously didn't mean to handcuff me because you drafted him before Carson Wentz was... In Indy. In, in yeah. Indy, so it just kind of ends up being that way. Yes. Um, and trust me, my other dynasty, I have Carson Wentz, so because, I'm feeling uh, it. I was I had Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Uh, so... But I'm losing, obviously, Carson Wentz. I have Roethlisberger, who I'm not going to put too much in. Um, I have, I'm have i okay with Burrow, and I think I have one more off the top of my head. I'm not sure. I have Drew yeah, Locke. So. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts and Drew Locke. So I'm okay. It, it just kind of stings a little bit because like Carson Wentz is on a Had a team. potential to yeah. come back. Uh, Saints are signing former running back Devonta Freeman. A uh, little bit of a coincidence here. It seems like the old running backs are coming back to the league. Saints signed Devonta Freeman. The Giants signed running back Alfred Morris, who I don't think has been relevant in about four years. No. Um, but Alfred Morris resigns, and he's still bouncing around the league. Devonta Freeman's bouncing around the league. The entire Vikings quarterback room has COVID. Uh, Callum Mond tests positive, in turn getting the rest of the locker room tested, and all the quarterbacks have been in close contact and are all uh, down from this one. So they've got some camp body quarterbacks currently to try to tune that team up. Uh, the Browns, I don't know how either of us missed this this weekend. Browns extended running back Nick Chubb three years, $36.5 million, $20 million guaranteed. Yeah, I did not see that. That's a big contract for mm-hmm. running back. Uh, 
Gotta make you wonder what's going to happen with Kareem Hunt now going into a contract. Going into a contract, do they? Does he say, "Hey, uh, I like splitting carries, and I'll take the uh, the pay cut"? Or is doubtful. He gonna... I think he's looking for a new job I at do the end too. of this year. Um, but it's going to depend on what teams are going to want to pay him. Also true. And then again, to be fair, the Raiders just spent a whole lot of money on a running back in free agency who hasn't been relevant in two years in Kenyon Drake. So. Someone, someone will pay for on, on a running back like Kareem Hunt, who has not had an entire NFL carries repertoire underneath him. Right. And he, he might see money. He's on that level to be a three-down back. Yes. Uh, the Vikings. This is where I talked about D.D. Westbrook earlier. The Vikings' uh, number three receiver, B.C. Johnson, has a torn ACL. He will miss the season. Uh, not the best news for Vikings fans, I guess. But I don't know how awful that is for fantasy owners Again, if you can get it on early, you got someone like D. Westbrook, might be able to benefit from it. Uh, might also be something. Uh, who is the kid? They they had a younger receiver last year. I've got him in our dynasty here. league in Minnesota. Um, Chad Beebe, Don oh, okay. Beebe's son, is also there and had a nice finish to the year in Minnesota. Um, he saw a 12-point week and a 16-point week over the last five weeks of the season. So, not exactly, like, the best option, but Chad Beebe could also see some some uh, potential here. Daz Newsome, a player you and I were both high on Gary, uh, broke his collarbone, is officially activated from the PUP, meaning that he can start his training camp. A little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah, that's good for him. Now he gets to show the coaches what what he's got. It's good for him because Anthony Miller's there, and they haven't really made a move. So that number three receiver spot's open. Daz Newsom could be the breakout. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cornerback Caleb Farley was activated off the PUP with his back injury. So he can finally start his training camp. Mm -hmm. Wide receiver... Devonta Smith from Philadelphia has an MCL strain and will miss a few weeks of training camp. Another uh, problem for me. Another <laughs> problem for you, but another thing that we kind of predicted, not really being sure of how to handle his build. Yeah, he's a smaller build. It just kind of not been in his favor for now. No. Um, Texans are working out front of the show with Adrian Waddle. Mm-hmm. Saw that. Thought that was cool news today. Uh, the Vikings have caught... 2020 first-rounder Jeff Gladney, after he was indicted of uh, domestic abuse and assault this past week in Texas court. And uh, one of the bigger news of the day after the footage came out about it, uh, the Panthers cutting secondary player JT Ibe after a helmet-to-helmet hit knocking out wide receiver Keith Kirkwood. Kirkwood having to be transported via stretcher. Off the field today. I did see the hit. It looks tough from the angle. It's the angle's kind of goofy of how to see it, but it's training camp, man. There's no reason to be doing that, and they, especially the first day of pads. right. And I was gonna say maybe I don't know. It, it, it's one of those bang bang plays, but definitely unnecessary in training camp. I know you're a young guy trying to make the team, but kind of use your brain there. Yeah, uh, young guy trying to make the team who no longer has a team. So that's it for uh, news to this extent here. Gary, what do you say we get into the AFC South? Let's do it. Um, starting things off, we have the Houston Texans. This is uh, this is an ugly group of players. 
Houston Texans here. Deshaun Watson is listed as the number one on the depth chart. Uh, he is not number one on the depth chart. No. Terod Taylor has been taking number one quarterback snaps. Davis Mills has been taking number two quarterback snaps. Deshaun Watson uh, was actually seen this past week lining up at safety on the scout team. Hmm. I did see um, they posted that Deshaun Watson also did not suit up today for pads. Yeah. Um, I want to say they checked his ankle or his foot as well. So Deshaun Watson, uh, I don't think anybody knows what's really going on there. Uh, Terod Taylor, I don't think needs to be someone you have to consider drafting. And no. neither does um, Davis Mills at this point, unless you're in a dynasty league. I'd kind of um, like to see Davis Mills win the job. I would too, but I think they are committed to Terod. Right. Um, running backs, David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead. I forgot they signed Rex Burkhead. <laughs> um, four running backs, not enough carries. You could not pay me to touch any of those. <sighs> Philip Lindsay, maybe. At the right price, I could see. I could still see Philip Lindsay taking that job, right? Um, but there's so many mouths to feed in that backfield, and it's just it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers: Brandon Cooks, Kiki Kute, Nico Collins, Anthony Miller, Isaiah Coulter is another name I like on this list. He's a he's a younger pick as well. Um, Brandon Cooks is draftable. He's gonna see yardage, and it's kind of like when the Bills had their bad years. Someone still has to catch passes. Cooks is going to probably see production just because there's no one else there. Nico Collins, figuratively, should have an option. He's a big body receiver, and they're going to have to throw to someone in the end zone. Um, but I'd almost, again, another position I kind of want to re- just avoid everybody until you see how it shakes out. Yeah, I, I do own Anthony Miller, so that's a little nice. Yeah, uh, I like Anthony Miller going there, but again... I mean, he kind of slots in as number five on that depth chart yeah. right now. Um, tight ends, Jordan Aiken, Brevin Jordan. This is one where I, I kind of... Jordan Aiken should win this job. Yeah, he should. Jordan Aiken had the highest passer rating when targeted last year. And Terod Taylor likes to throw to tight ends. Jordan Aiken might have... Unless it was Charles Clay. <laughs> well, yeah, but Charles Clay also couldn't find a way to run an open route if it depended on him. Um, I could see Jordan Aiken being somebody that ends up being a mid-grade tight end too, mm-hmm. unless Brevin Jordan wins the job from him. Which, Brevin Jordan's a very talented player, but he's a little smaller. Yes, but I mean, so I mean, Jordan Aiken might be like 6'4", so not even going to say he, that. I think Jordan's like 6'3", 6'2". Yeah, Brevin Jordan's 6'2". Um, but a very, very talented receiver. He was my tight end too coming out of um, college. He was. Um, so, I mean, Houston, though, avoid the, the quarterbacks. Avoid the running backs besides maybe Philip Lindsay. And even mm-hmm. if I'm taking Philip Lindsay, he's my running back four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Cooks is worth drafting, but I definitely don't want him any higher than a wide receiver four. Right. Kiki Kute, Nico Collins, Anthony Miller figure out who the number two is and see how target share goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Aiken, Brevin Jordan, figure out who wins that job. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, Houston is a team that you can kind of disregard in terms of fantasy, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts would be Carson Wentz. Um, 
Carson Wentz, I will, I will go on record here and say, I think Carson Wentz is going to end up being a waiver wire pickup once he is healthy. Yep. Uh, Jacob Eason, I have no reason, and this is not me slandering Jacob Eason. He's a six foot six receiver or quarterback. I really liked him out of college. Strong arm. I just don't think that an offense that was meant for Carson Wentz, it's going to be that easy for him to step right in and be dynamic. Right. He's, I'm not drafting him. He's going to have to manage the game. It's a good thing for Jonathan Taylor owners because I'm assuming they're just going to pound the rock. Jonathan Taylor owners, though, you got to remember as well. See, I'm viewing it a different way. You've lost your starting quarterback, and now you're without your starting left tackle from last year and your starting left guard. I think that offense is going to be miserable the first few weeks. Well, right, but I think they're going to want to with a rookie quarterback, not a rookie quarterback, but it's, he's it's in his basically a red shirt year. So yes, so, he's basically a rookie. Um, I think they're going to want to run the ball a little bit more because they have three really good running backs in Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and Marlon Mack. So they could be running a three-headed yeah. monster here. Um, and just kind of hope that they can manage the game a few weeks until Carson's ready. Yeah. Um, I mean, going on to running backs, Jonathan Taylor's listed at 6. Uh, Naeem Hines at 47. Marlon Mack at 56. Uh, I think, especially with the injury, Jonathan Taylor falls out of the top 12 for me. Yeah. I don't know how you feel on that. Um, he didn't really hit his stride till late in the season last year. Even when he hit his stride, and this is one of those things I harped on online a little bit ago, I think eight of his ten back half of the year games mm-hmm. were against bottom ten rushing teams. Right. He was very benefited by an easy schedule against bad running teams. And Colts fans will say I'm lying, but I'm I'm not going to pay that high on a Jonathan Taylor myself this year. It's, I'd take him as an RB, too. I would, too, but I don't think people... I, I think... I think Jonathan Taylor is still going to have the clamor that that he had last year at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and people are going to overdraft him as they did Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Right. Naeem Hines at 47. I think I like Naeem Hines at this point more to start the year than Jonathan Taylor because Naeem Hines is a very good pass-catching back, and I could see them having to do a lot of dump passes to get out of trouble mm-hmm. with a quarterback like Jacob Eason. Uh, so I like Naeem Hines almost as a running back three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlon Mack, unless he can prove he's going to take that job, you and I both are fans of his talent. Yeah, which is but it was puzzling putting him back in Indy. Definitely disappointed when he signed there. Um, Receivers: Michael Pittman Jr., T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell. Before we shit on the obvious here, I have heard every result and every report from Indy's camp. That has said Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell have looked phenomenal. Yeah, definitely, definitely Michael Pittman. Um, obviously, here I'm not a big Ty guy. I don't want anything to do with Ty anymore. I think he's old. I think he's kind of done. He had a couple good games last year, but most of the season it was either nothing or not enough. So Michael Pittman Jr. Obviously, you've heard about him in camp. Um, Paris Campbell. Might be slot guy or number two, but I think definitely those two guys are what you want to look at out of Indy. I want to see if I can find the touchdown. And Pittman's listed as 49, so that's not bad value if you're getting a number one receiver from Indy at 49 around that area. i got to see if I can find it. He had a touchdown grab in camp. Uh, there it is. P. 
Pittman just go. just bodying up and going up for the ball on that. I mean, so you know who else has looked really good at camp so far? And we won't talk about him today. We've already talked about him, but C.D. Lamb has been. Ah, uh, C.D. Lamb is making me eat my words. When we talked about Dallas, and I said that I don't want anything to do with either of those receivers because I don't know who's going to be the number one. And it's almost like CeeDee Lamb heard me say that and was like, hold my beer, it's going to be me. Because he has been dominating people. Just just awful. Just awful dominating people. Um, Michael Pittman, though, I think his stock's going up. Paris Campbell's a name to watch. He was having a really good start of the year last year and was actually a high-end fantasy player up until the foot injury. Uh, it would not shock me to see T.Y. be the lost man. Yeah, I mean, they weren't even sure if they were going to resign him this year. He had a lot of goose eggs yeah. in the fantasy year. Um, I mean... Only when I played him, though. T.Y. The, the thing is, I think that benefits the best, is T.Y.'s been good at one thing in his career, mm-hmm. being a straight-line burner. Paris Campbell comes back and immediately takes the slot. I, T.Y. Hilton. And they use Pascal a lot, too. Yes, but I guess what I was going to try to get at here is T.Y. Hilton might be able to benefit from this and almost the way the Bills did t- two years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, last year. We'll call it last year when he gets to healthy. Um, John Brown was always that straight line burner. Mm-hmm. Michael Pittman, you can almost call him your number one. You're going to throw at him early and often. And Paris Campbell's your good slot guy. So, T.Y. almost slots in better to having a position on this. But that doesn't mean he's going to equate with as many fantasy points. Uh, and tight end Jack Doyle, Moali Cox. I don't want to even... Moali Cox, to me, doesn't mean anything. Jack Doyle is the streakiest tight end in fantasy football. He will yeah. hang He will hang four straight double-digit point weeks and then hang five just snoozers. Um... The name on this list who's far down, Kylan Granson. We talked about him a lot during our draft coverage. The tight end out of SMU. Uh, they said he has looked like a stud to this point in camp. Mm-hmm. So that's a guy whose name I kind of want to keep doing some homework on, see how it's looking. But Granson might be an, an answer there. Uh, so to, to recap, I guess, on Indy again, Wentz is a wave warrior pickup now instead of having to be somebody you have to worry about drafting. Uh, Jacob Eason... Unless he starts setting the world on fire, I don't think you need to worry about him in fantasy. Right. Um, running backs, Jonathan Taylor, I'm personally bumping him out of the first round. If anybody else wants to sell high on him, that's fine. I don't I don't like what he's walking into. They're not going to be able to run at the left side. Um, and they've got three running backs there. Naeem Hines, I think, is a little higher than he's projected here at 47. I'd be comfortable with him as a running back four, running back three. And Marlon Mack until I can figure out how that running backs or that backfield is going to run. I don't really want him. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. I like the draft stock. Forty nine is your number one. Yeah, that's you're getting a number one receiver at that value. That's not... you're getting a number one receiver as a wide receiver five basically. Mm-hmm. That's that's phenomenal. Ty at fifty two. That's about where I could project him, but you could also. Ultimately, almost coin flip T.Y. and Paris Campbell for me. Right. Uh, and Jack Doyle, only in deeper leagues. Kylan Granson, watch him in the rest of camp. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Gary. Interesting. Um, they have Trevor Lawrence at 15 here. That's a, I think it's a little high. A little high. I mean, obviously we know what kind of player he is, but... Hey, he's already thrown touchdowns at Tim Tebow. Uh, yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know what the rest of the list looks like. 
but rookie quarterbacks, I don't really want anything to do with them unless it's a dynasty league. Yeah, you would. You know, part of it you want to say that, but at the same time, there were a lot of teams with bread and butter that made runs last year with Joe Burrow before getting hurt and Justin Herbert. Um, I think 15 is about right. I think it'd be a good situation to have him as my backup. I don't need him as a starter. Um, Gardner Minshew would almost want to put higher on this list because I could see Gardner Minshew still ending up somewhere as a starter or getting time at some point throughout the season not in Jacksonville. Yeah, there was trade talks about him to Indy. Well, I highly doubt that they do that just because it's in the division, but, um, I mean, I heard him to Minnesota as well. Yeah. Running backs, uh, Travis Etienne, James Robinson, Carlos Hyde, I think Etienne and Robinson 25-32 is the best fit you could put as these two. I don't want anything to do with either of these guys as one of my starters. So the fact that they are both listed as a running back three mm-hmm. allows me to hope that I can get them and maybe the other one on a swing mm-hmm. back and have one as three, one as four. And it's funny, they have Etienne listed here first over Robinson. I think it's because of the third down ability and the, and the receiving, but... Um, I think Robinson's a better pure runner. I think Etienne's got a better upside in PPR leagues. But I think, again, it's one of those things where people are going to not have a vibe of what Jacksonville wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it's going to kind of cost some of the fantasy season to figure out which running back you want. Plus, we don't know what kind of offense Urban Meyer's going to Exactly. Um, wide receivers, DJ Chark at 31, LaVisca Chenault at 45, Marvin Jones at 50. Colin Johnson at 135. Colin Johnson's intriguing to me. He had a nice finish to the year. He's a big bodied receiver who can go up and get it. They're saying um, Chark is someone to avoid this year. That's Chark was very streaky last year. Yes. Um, but I also think with a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, he might improve a little bit. I guess the thing that scares me here, anything I've seen of Trevor Lawrence throwing, any big touch or big touchdown or big completion has been Lavisca Chanel or Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. I have not heard a peep of DJ Shark at this point, which is not good. But we'll see. I mean, that was my guy. I was going to say I like Marvin Jones and I like his his spot here. We've seen a revitalization and a, and a good amount of fantasy love for Marvin Jones for the last couple of years now in Detroit mm-hmm. with nobody else around him. Having to make his name. You put him in Jacksonville, he's pretty much doing the same thing, and he's got a rookie quarterback leaning on him. So uh, I kind of like Marvin Jones at 50. I think that would actually be a really nice value. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Chenault. Don't buy into the hype because that's, that's that's the thing is he's still only one year into the league. People are going to be like, well, LaVisca Chenault, I love him. Someone's going to overdraft Chenault. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chark... I don't need him, but I don't hate him. I think I'd move him down to at least 37, so he's not my wide receiver three. Yeah, I own him in a dynasty league, so I need him to be pretty good. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I, I think he still can output as a wide receiver four on your team, but I don't want him as, as any higher than that. Uh, and I, I'm i not even going to start naming tight ends here. Um, Jacksonville's tight ends are horrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence sits about right at 15. I'd be more than comfortable taking him as a high-end quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. Etienne and Robinson seem about right here as well. Pro football talk has got it almost spot on here because Etienne and Robinson uh, at running back three is solid. Again, Sharks a little overvalued by Lake Chenault and uh, Jones and keep an eye on what 
Colin Johnson does in camp. Uh, and on to the last team in the division. And then we got one division left after this. The Tennessee Titans, whose fans are upset. Their fans are upset that Cole Beasley is graded as the same overall on Madden as A.J. Brown. <laughs> um, well, I mean, Cole Beasley did have the most receiving yards as a slot receiver. So. Yes, and I don't think people understand that. Yeah, his stats weren't the biggest flashy stats, but he had a phenomenal year last year. Mm-hmm. And it's more than just, well, he had higher numbers. Sorry, Madden nerds. Um, I don't put too much into Madden. No. They don't get it right. Never. Uh, Titans. Number 10 on the list, Ryan Tannehill. I think that's spot on. He's sneaky good. And he's a, but he's always a back half of the top 10 quarterback to draft. Mm-hmm. He is the poor man's Russell Wilson in terms of fantasy football. Because right. he's going to produce, he's going to put numbers, and you never have to draft him inside the top 75. Mm-hmm. Um, running backs. Derrick Henry comes in at three. Darrington Evans is listed at 64. A.K.A. Derrick Henry's a top three back. Their backup running back is the 32nd back second time over, basically. Yeah. So the worst back or the worst backup in the league, as they would call him. Uh, that's spot on. You know what you're getting from Derrick Henry at this point. Yeah. I don't necessarily know I draft him at three. I think we've discussed that in the past. I have other running backs I like more, especially in a PPR league. Mm-hmm. And Derrick Henry's going to probably start slow his first two games, but then you know what you're going to get. He's going to lead you into a playoff run because he's going to be consistent 25 to 30-point guy down that stretch. Uh, receivers, A.J. Brown at 7, Julio Jones at 16, Josh Reynolds at 80, Des Fitzpatrick at 127. The reason I hit those other two, A.J. Brown at 7, I know I think you think that's a little over. A little bit? I don't know I like him at seven still, even with Julio. He's not a bad receiver. I just want to see him get the share without a number two receiver to right. take all of it. And I don't disagree with that, but I think still with Julio there, Julio's been so used to being able to pull coverage in other situations. Calvin Ridley, Roddy White, mm-hmm. all that kind of jazz. Um, that I think Julio's going to run his routes, get his yards, and A.J. Brown's going to be bolstered by it. So I think A.J. Brown is a bona fide top 10 guy. Uh, I think Julio is slightly overrated at 16. Mm-hmm. I would probably put him closer to a back half wide receiver, too. He's more like right. 20 for me. He's always been a touchdown vulture. Julio's uh, not. I, I, not, you know, not a Julio's a yard, meant, a yard machine. He's never going to score your touchdowns. I meant reverse there. Yes. He, doesn't, he gets the yard, but not the touchdowns. Uh, Josh Reynolds and Dead Fitzpatrick. The reason I put this up, if Tennessee is firing on all cylinders, they will be looking at their number three receiver a lot. Both those two got kids are talented. Josh Reynolds never was given the time of day with the with the Rams, and when he finally got a couple shots with injuries, he always produced. I like Josh Reynolds as being a potential to mm-hmm. score me points and maybe be a fantasy breakout guy this year. Um, and tight end, Anthony Ferksker, Jeff Swaim, and Jared Pinkney. Uh, unless, I know you're big on Ferksker. I was big on Pinkney too last year, but I don't think Pinkney is going to really be able to break out. Uh, I do like Ferksker for the breakout potential. He was, when targeted last year, had a very high QBR. And he had a couple 15-plus point weeks, and that was with a top tight end ahead of him on the depth charts. Um, So I think Ferksker's a guy who realistically could probably go to 16 instead of just 26. Mm -hmm. Trying to see if I can pull Ferksker's numbers real quick. I I got him for nothing in our Dynasty League. 
Last year, back half of the year, Ferksker, um middle of the year, shall I say. The week six against Houston, he had 30 points. He had nine targets, eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and then it was just consistent. Um, two catches, 36. Three catches, 19. Four catches, 33. Five catches, 51. So when they targeted him, he had highs. and He had good weeks. We do have a little bit of breaking news. What do we got? Um, nothing to confirm, but the LA Times has reported that Phillip Rivers has not ruled out making a comeback for the NFL. Tweeted two minutes ago by Ian Rappaport. Really? Yeah. That's intriguing. I mean, that might be the answer in Indy. Yeah, if you need him for a couple weeks. Hey, man, we'll pay you good money. He coaches high school quarterback or high school uh, football right now. Yeah. Um, definitely intriguing. Uh, people wouldn't be upset, I don't think. Uh, uh, so Tennessee, we'll finish it up here. Uh, I like Tannehill's value there at 10. Derrick Henry, someone's going to draft him as a top five. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want him, but he's worth the value. Uh, Darrington Evans, only needed in case of emergency. A.J. Brown, top ten receiver in my book. Maybe not as much in yours. You might think he's more of a 10 to 15. If I see his name on the board, depending on what else, what is, else is there, I would take him. But it's just depending on where I value him at that spot. Julio to me is more 20 to 24. He is my back half wide receiver too. Uh, Reynolds and Fitzpatrick might be flex plays down the line this year. And Ferksker could move probably to a middle tight end too. But guys, I think that'll kind of cover news. AFC self and everything in between. Uh, Sports Illustrated's John Shipley has stated that Jaguars running back Travis Etienne has been uncoverable in camp. So maybe that bumps him up a little higher. But, unless Gary wants to add anything else here. Nope, we're covering it. Until next time, guys, we will uh, leave you be for the middle part of the week. Until next time, you keep on looking for those fantasy beasts. I will show you exactly where to find them. Have a good one, guys.